Hello and welcome back <laughs> to the Out of Office podcast. That is not the new theme tune. <laughs> I'm sorry. Apologies. We'll try again. Um, this is the Out of Office podcast. This is the podcast for, pe- for people who <laughs> want to go freelance or are already doing it. My name is Fiona Thomas and I rarely edit my podcasts, which is why you get sentences that aren't fully formed, you get made up introduction songs, you get burps, you get lots of saliva sounds, I'm sorry. (laughs) But look, if you know me at all, you know that I am a big fan of hey, that's good enough. I'm a perfectionist, but I'm also, um, I also take on a lot of work. So sometimes with creative stuff, I just think it's, it's just, it's just fun to put stuff out there that isn't necessarily perfect, but it's fun to make and it's fun to get out in the world. And the podcast, this podcast is one of those things. Um, props to anyone who writes, Um, like a script for every podcast and then props to anyone who actually goes through and edits out all the um, all the gaps like all the pauses in between words and all the sounds because I used to do that um, in the beginning I used to do it when I had my other podcast you you old school fans might remember that I had a a podcast with Amy Holland, it was called the Positive People Podcast and I used to really properly edit that Um, but something had to give, this is the the freelance life, I'm just being honest, (laughs) is that sometimes you have a lot of stuff on your plate so I like to think these episodes are just a bit more off the cuff, a bit more unedited and actually that's the kind of podcast that I like to listen to um so like it or lump it anyway <laughs> here we are I wanted to do an episode today all about um, the five things that have helped me fall in love with my business again not that I was ever like hating being freelance but I've definitely had ups and downs over Um, the last few years and there's been times if you've been freelance for any length of time you will know that every day is different and you go through cycles where you're maybe working with one uh, client a lot of the time and then it switches to you're working with different clients so the work and the people that you are working with um, means that the the like how you enjoy your work and what stuff you do day to day changes dramatically so it can kind of well, definitely can affect your approach and, and how much kind of joy you take out of the process. And I didn't really realise until I kind of made all these changes how stressful and how difficult I was finding freelancing. So I just thought it would be worth sharing because if you are um, a freelancer and you are not feeling that great about work right now, just um, just know that change will happen and actually you can make some of those changes and you can see the benefits. Similarly, similarly 
if you are um, side hustling at the moment and you've maybe been at it a couple of weeks, a couple of months and you're starting to think, oh, this is this is a, a slog, this is actually quite hard, then you're also in an incredibly good position because in the beginning there's there's not as much at stake and you can make changes pretty quickly and you can switch gears and you can change direction. So I just want you to know that change is change is good and change is one of the benefits of being freelance and you can make those changes and see see what works, see what works for you. So with that in mind, let's go on to the first point. So the first thing that's helped me fall back in love with my business again has been prioritising creativity in my business. Now, this all happened basically the week that we went into lockdown in 2020. So I um, had been worried about the economy as soon as I started to realise that... um, that businesses were going to be closing and we were going to be told to stay home because I lived through the um, the recession in 2008 I was in my first real full-time job at that point so I felt I worked in a, a cafe as well so I literally saw in front of my eyes the dramatic shift of what happens when money is tight, people stop going <laughs> going into cafes, I saw the footfall drop, I saw um, staff members be let go, I saw wages getting cut, I saw hours getting cut, I saw my business, the business that I worked for being, being bought out and then merged with, with another business so I felt like I could see, <laughs> I could see what was about to happen um, and to my, my friends that were in full-time employment I kind of said like I'm a bit worried about the economy and they were like no no it'll be fine um but I was right I lost my biggest client um the the day that we all got told to you know stop going to school stop going to work all that stuff I lost my biggest client and at the time I was like in shock and really panicked but luckily because I am quite an organised person. <laughs> I had enough money in the bank and enough paid invoices that I didn't have to worry about getting money, more money in for about, I think it was about five or six weeks. I was, I was good. So I had a bit of a buffer and what I did was I worked with Jo Hooper who, if you don't know Jo, she is a mental health at work mentor. Uh, her handle on Instagram is Mad and Sad Club. And that's her website too. And she was hosting a group mentoring program called Eight Weeks of Space. And I took part in that. And she basically gave me some mentoring on what I was, how I was feeling about work, and and how what I was getting out of work, and what was on my mind. And she picked up on something which was that I said I was talking through like different parts of my business and I was saying like the the main client that I lost like it wasn't necessarily a creatively satisfying piece of work but it was regular money every month it was a retainer the work was quite easy um but it wasn't necessarily like 
creatively fulfilling but I have to do that work like I, I could, if you could visualize I had like both my hands up and I was like pointing to one side I was like to the right side this is all my this is all my kind of boring day-to-day work that pays well and on the left is my creative work and that doesn't pay well so I have to do the boring stuff to pay for the fun stuff and she basically was like very gently challenged me on that assumption and said hmm why is it that you have this belief that creative work doesn't pay and I was like well just it just doesn't that's just that's just the way of the world it doesn't we all we've all been brought up to be told that like you can't get paid to do creative fun stuff um and her kind of challenge to me was to go away and journal on that question about um what like what would the world look like or what would my life look like if that wasn't true what what would it look like for me to be paid to do creative work and that was like a huge a huge shift in my mindset because I didn't realise that I had this limiting belief. I didn't realise that I had been telling myself this story for years from school. I can remember I can remember teachers telling us like and you know, the kind of direct the direct comments and then the kind of subliminal messaging that at school that art and music wasn't wasn't considered important even on the timetable just logistically you can do more than one creative subject and stuff like that so I could see looking back how it's all kind of been it's all kind of been drilled into me over time and then when I was at uni when I did music all the lecturers were like you won't make money from this you won't make money from this so it was just part it was just in my psyche that I wasn't going to be able to make money from creative work so I basically almost overnight kind of just changed my mindset of well if I want to make money from creative work then I'm gonna have to find a way or I can find a way to do it myself and that is what that's what turned me on to creating and hosting my own creative writing workshops and teaching people what I know so doing um, my find your voice course which teaches people how to write from personal experience and then um, inspire write repeat which launches at the end of april as a three-month kind of accountability program for writers so we get together every week and we are on a zoom call but there's no no cameras and no voice you're just it's just to show up and be present and have the time to write so that to me was like i can't, I can't believe now that, that that's what i do it's brilliant that i get to create a space online not only for me to be creative but for other people to be creative and I just didn't think like I've never ever wanted to be a teacher and I'm not a teacher but but I didn't realize how fulfilling it would be to just create a space a virtual space that allows other people to come in and write and be creative and to give those people permission to write and those tell those people you deserve to have this time. You you've got important things to say. Like you can do this. I didn't realise how important that was to me and how how much I would have loved to have that. Um years and years ago, like if I'd had a space like that, I think I don't know, I think my life would have been completely different. Like I don't know if I would have had 
a mental breakdown in my mid-twenties if I had been writing regularly. I think it would have given me such an important creative outlet. So that's the that's the that's the one big thing is that I have prioritised creative work. I have created this whole new arm of my business which is allows me to be creative and um, facilitates creativity in others and that is a privilege and a joy. I absolutely love it. Um, and I've also that has kind of spurred me on to commit more time to um, honing my craft as a writer. I already feel like um, I've got lots of hands-on experience as a writer. I have written for lots of publications. I've written for the Metro, Reader's Digest, Grazia, Happyful Magazine. So I've done lots of feature writing. I've also written for my blog for, for years and years and years. I've written for brands. I've written a memoir and I've written a business book. So now I am committing to learning more about fiction so I'm writing fiction in my spare well not even in my spare time in my day-to-day and yeah it's just give feel like I've given myself permission to now go and invest um money in my own learning and doing courses and watching master classes and signing up for workshops to learn about story structure and all that kind of stuff so that's been amazing that's that's really made me fall in love with the day-to-day and also giving me like a really good just help me reevaluate my kind of purpose as a freelancer and I feel like now it's not just about me making money to support me it's about me actually being able to help the people that I work with and the clients that I work with and that's that's been very very good so the second thing that's helped me uh, really fall in love with business again has been something simple, something that I preach a lot and something that I do on and off but I've done a lot more in the last three, three, four, maybe even six months and that is batching my content. So instead of <laughs> like panicking you know every few weeks oh god I need to write an Instagram caption I better write something oh how can I make it link to my business how can I get people to book something how can I get them to work to come buy whatever I'm selling which is I've definitely fallen into that trap of panicking and um post like I've, I've done it both ways I've done it where like I've posted stuff that feels too spammy and too like hey buy buy my stuff and then I've also gone the other way where I've just been um, posting stuff about ducks <laughs> which uh, if you know I live near uh, a duck pond and then so I do all that fun stuff but then I forget to tell people how they can work with me so batching content has really really helped and how I do that so batching is just basically doing stuff in a batch as opposed to doing it one by one so instead of writing one instagram post sit down and write 10 at one time instead of writing a blog post um once a month sit down and write three and then you'll have you'll have the next three months of content ready so the way i do that is i have a word document which has got all my general ideas so like ideas for the content that i would like to not, not even content that i'd like to post about but the the topics and the pain points that I know that my audience 
struggle with and I've got that from just talking to my audience and working with them and I feel like I know my audience um so I have a word document that's got filled with ideas so like I know that a lot of the writers that I work with feel like they don't have any good ideas so that's one thing that I can write about I also know that a lot of people think that they have too many ideas and they don't know how to start I also know that they struggle with procrastination so I've got a list of like maybe like 50 or so comments that are topics and ideas that I know that I want to talk about and the good thing about that is that if you need to post something if you do need to post something in a panic you've got ideas there so I highly request highly recommend doing that even if that's the only thing you do and then what I do is I pick I'm trying to do one like the first week of every month I block out the whole week and then what I do is I record all my podcasts in one day and then I will write have one day to write a blog post and then I'll have one day to write all my Instagram captions and then one day to kind of schedule everything because this actual scheduling of Instagram captions sometimes takes ages as well and then I've got admin stuff like um like actually uploading and editing the I don't really edit the podcast but uploading them and typing in the um all the descriptions and stuff like that so all that stuff getting all that done in the one week is very very helpful for me because it means that like I say I'm not doing it I'm not doing it in a panic and what happens is when I record a podcast episode in a panic or I write an Instagram caption in a panic or I write a blog post in a panic I'm basically in the mindset of I just need to create something and post it it's more about that idea of just doing something as opposed to doing the right thing for the right reasons and I think that's a lot of people with our social media and their content in general they fall into that trap of just oh just put something up but when you batch create your content you're not under any pressure you can actually sit back and you can look calmly at your word document with all your ideas and you can think okay if I'm if I'm creating four podcast episodes this month what should I do and I can I can think back to what have I been talking to people about on Instagram stories uh, or in DMs what was that conversation I had with my friend on Zoom also it's really good for um, tying into your big picture so if I am um, working towards say I want to um, like for Inspire Write Repeat which launches at the end of April I'll push all my content towards that one thing because I know that I want people to read up on the course and find out more about it and be aware be aware of it so that if they want to take part they know that it exists and they can take part so not every piece of content is going to be um related to that because obviously I do talk about mental health and I talk about freelancing alongside writing um but I think having like one having like your bigger picture in mind is really important when you're planning your content so along with um my big picture is like basically 
for content planning is I want to talk about my book out of office because I want to promote that and I also want to talk about my services so whether that's a course I'm I'm launching or a workshop or um, my one-to-one services so it's really good to just have that in mind when you're planning your content and I just feel when I when I batch my content I'm much better at making those connections and I can also see how my content all connects so instead of like like say this um this podcast five things that helped me fall in love with uh, my business I could like I wouldn't want to necessarily um duplicate this content on another platform at the same time I'd maybe I would maybe like make this into an Instagram post or a blog post further down the line but I would rather all my content be kind of slightly different so I'll make sure that I don't um post about this on my blog my blog post will be maybe something to do with writing because I've got all those different things that I want to hit I want to talk about the my book I want to talk about my services so maybe on the blog I'll I'll do something about um the course the inspire repeat course so that I can keep all the content on here about freelancing so it just helps give you a bigger like an overview of what you're actually doing every month and I find that that is just just a, just makes me feel organized makes me feel calm and I really feel like I'm moving in the right direction and that feels good so the third thing that's helped me fall in love with my business again is that I have decided to focus on my strengths now I would say I've been doing this steadily for the past probably about two and a half years so when I first started out I basically (laughs) would do kind of any job that, that somebody asked me to do so I did a lot of writing but I also did social media management I did like um SEO writing I did Pinterest management I wrote leaflets I wrote um, press releases I created graphics for social media I did did a bit of PR outreach um I did basically felt like <laughs> felt um flattered that anybody thought like if somebody thought I was capable of doing something I was like okay I guess I'll do it um and I think that is it is like quite good to have that scrappy approach when you're first starting out because you do have to try things to find out if you are good at them but what I then found was that I was always kind of chasing my tail because I I would bite off more than I could chew and then realize actually this isn't this isn't my strength and I don't want it to be my strength so um I'm not really the best man for the job um so so yeah I kind of had to learn the hard way that you can't like you can absolutely be a multi-hyphenate and I, I would say I still am multi-hyphenate but it doesn't mean that you have to do it doesn't mean that you have to know how to do everything it's okay to say hey that's not really my strength you should go elsewhere and I've had conversations with potential clients recently or in the last year or so who have been interested in hiring me to um, maybe write for them or I've had people asking me to um, to like ghostwrite their book for them or to um, coach them on how to get a book deal and stuff like that and I'm like did I 
have done like some of those things and you might think I'm qualified to do those things but I'm absolutely not the best person to do those things so um, it can be tempting to say yes to all that stuff but I found like as hard as it is to say no to paid work it's much harder to blag your way through a job that you know full well (laughs) you're unqualified to actually do so so I've kind of stepped away from anything that involves social media management just because I can do the basics obviously like people think because I've got a few thousand followers on Instagram that I'm some sort of digital media guru and I certainly I certainly know a lot about it but I don't necessarily keep up to date with features and um, updates and stuff within the industry so I think um, hiring a a social media assistant is probably a better um, a better route for somebody and actually social media social media um, that's what you'd call them assistant executives are so grossly underpaid when you look at the like if you go onto indeed and you search social media manager what people expect social media managers to do for ridiculously low wages you're talking like nine pounds an hour and they want them to to know every single inch of the industry you know know how to run reports how to create campaigns and how and to schedule it all as well and engage with users like anyway that's a rant that's a rant for another time so if you're a social media manager like honestly props to you because it's such hard work such hard work and um people taught people just think that you can as long as you've got access to Instagram, then you should be able to do it. They don't understand the skills that it takes to <laughs> to actually run a social media platform. Um, and yeah, the stuff that I was doing was basic. It was really just creating content and scheduling it. It wasn't really about growth. And yeah, I just feel much better now that I've stepped away from doing that because I always felt like I wasn't really that qualified to do it um another thing i've stepped away from is when i'm writing for um other people i don't i don't include seo er, um, so that's search engine optimization i don't include that as uh, a skill of mine because i really i really don't i really don't know if somebody tells me the keywords that i have to put in an article i can put them in there but um I'm not really very good at anything other than that. So I feel really good now that I've hold my hands up and I say, Hey, I don't I'm not really an expert in that. And it just feels good. And I think when you are working with clients, they it can be quite hard to admit that you don't know something, but clients will good clients will actually really respect you for saying, I don't know how to do that. I I'm not the best person to do that. But I do think it's it's a really good it's a really good um, approach and I think will build trust in your uh, client in the long run. So that was one, two, three, we're on to four. So kind of similar to the last point is that the thing I've, that's helped me feel good about my business again is saying no to work that isn't the the right fit. Um, so I've kind of, I've kind of stepped away from 
uh, client work um, or a lot of client work at, when I, you know, this time two years ago I, pr- I had about 15 clients and that was stressful man <laughs> that was stressful like because first of all dreaded open my emails because I was like literally 15 people could all be on my inbox today asking me to do stuff when I've already got a to-do list as long as my arm um, and also they all <laughs> every single client wants to use their version of communication so they might want to have you on whatsapp they might want to have you on email they might expect you to respond to email straight away they might want you to use a a sana board or they might want you to use um slack <laughs> so i found i had so many <laughs> notifications you know in, in that in the american office um when what's his name ryan comes up comes up with that <laughs> that um app called woof that like every instead of getting um <laughs> instead of getting like a notification you can automatically set like your status update to go to every single social app at once um and there's a scene where he goes like woof and um <laughs> i'm not retelling this well at all <laughs> he gets like he like sends himself a reminder and like about five different computers go woof and something starts printing off the fax machine and it goes woof and all these different noises go at once. That's what I felt like. I felt like I was being pulled in so many different directions. Um, so I have stepped away from having like a, a huge client base. Um, at the moment I'm only working with one client for my actual writing services and everything else. Uh, all the work that I do is through my own offerings, so through my workshops, through my courses and through one-to-one mentoring and yeah I just feel like it's given me a lot more control over my day, my weeks, my months, also control over, well a lot more security over income because I'm not waiting for clients to come to me. I'm setting up a space and and a workshop where hey this is the time of the year that I am going to be hosting this workshop if you want to come along you can come along so I just feel like I am much more in control of that kind of stuff and it feels good Um, and other other stuff that I say no to quite a lot is um, I get approached by brands uh, wanting me to feature their products um, or wanting to have sponsored posts on my blog and stuff like that or they want to write content and and pay me to have it on my blog and in the beginning when I first started blogging I said yes to all that stuff and I did make some money that way um but I've just it's just never felt it's never felt right um I can't explain why and I'm not not to say I wouldn't ever do it again and that I wouldn't do it in the future and it's certainly nothing against people who do use their social media platforms to work with brands I think there's loads of great influencers who do it really well and that is their bread and butter and they're really good at coming up with creative campaigns that that really sit well with their brand but I don't know maybe I've maybe I've just never been approached by the right brands I always feel like it's just not a right fit um so I've said no to a lot of that stuff recently and I felt very confident saying no and that's felt really good. 
yeah, so the final thing that has helped me fall in love with my business again is really thinking about my my overall intentions for my freelance business. So not goal setting as such. Uh, I'm not I'm not really a goal setter because I find I don't necessarily find joy in just reaching a goal. There's got to be a kind of there's got to be a bigger kind of sense of purpose behind it. And I feel like I'm kind of I'm always just moving towards kind of improvement. I'm not necessarily working towards um, specific figures. So for ages last year I was like obsessed with getting to 10k on Instagram. Like obsessed. Like <laughs> um, like I was properly spending like 10 hours a day on Instagram engaging with people in DMs with people, po- like doing hashtag, hashtag research, like posting like three times a day, doing lives all the time, like trying to do all the tricks in the book. Um, and it did work, like I did see a big increase in followers, but I started to realise that as soon as I get to 10k, I probably won't, it won't feel worth it. So I've kind of just backed away from that uh, and I'm just going to let it happen organically because... It was just exhausting me and it was just it was just going towards an, an arbitrary number with no real meaning behind it. So um, I'm part of Alice Benham's On It programme, which I've spoken about before on the podcast. It's a monthly um, get together where um, we get uh, we go on a Zoom call and we get split into groups and we set our we kind of check in with our intentions for the year and then we, we we drill down into what our intentions are then for the month and what action steps we can take to meet those intentions and it's it's really shifted my mindset away from goal setting because to me goal setting is like setting yourself up for failure and we're always told that our that our goals have to be specific so that we know whether we've reached them like you have to set your goal of making a hundred sales so that you'll know whether you've reached it or not. That's like a smart goal, isn't it? Um, but I think I've always shied away from them because I, I know if I don't meet the goal, then I'll beat myself up. And even if I meet the goal, sometimes I'll beat myself up because I haven't exceeded it. Um, and I know a lot of you listening will relate to that because um, I know there's a lot of perfectionists out there that feel the same. But the, the good thing about Alice's approach and intentions is that they can they can actually be vague. And I really like that. <laughs> I like that I can make my intentions for the year vague and then it kind of makes them feel flexible. So my intentions for the year, and I'm still in love with them, and this is an, as an April now, my three intentions were and are to make creative space so it's like making creative space for other people but also making creative space for myself so that might sound really vague but basically it means like having time having lots of blank space in my calendar so that I can do creative things so that I can go and write so that I can learn more about writing so that I can read so that I can edit the first draft of um, the book all that kind of stuff um, 
creating that space for me to be creative is really really important but it's vague so it just means that I'm not doing it right or wrong it's just that I've always got that point there to look back on and to kind of recenter me when I'm feeling like I'm getting off course so that's the first intention the second intention is that I want to become more established as a writer again very vague (laughs) very vague um but I know what it means to me uh, and it's not necessarily about it's actually not necessarily about the things that I do it's about the things I don't do so seeing haven't like I've got this I've got my three intentions written on the wall beside my um beside my laptop so if I get offered a piece of work or I get distracted and start um maybe considering buying buying a ticket to this workshop or I consider maybe I consider maybe I do want to learn about SEO maybe I should go on this 10-day course about SEO (laughs) when I look up at my intentions and I see that one of my intentions for the year is to become an established writer it kind of acts as a filter so that I can say okay is this thing that is distracting me is this thing that I'm thinking of doing is that going to get me one step closer to feeling like an established writer or is it going to not really add to that at all so having that up on the wall is so so helpful so helpful and it's really helped me make make lots of just kind of small decisions like make the right ones a lot like a lot of small good decisions (laughs) which I think um which I think is kind of underrated in business, isn't it? It's like those little, just those little habits every day of chipping away at the bigger picture. I think that's really helped. So that's two of my intentions. And my third intention is to create easy income. Um, and that might sound that, it <laughs> sounds like that I want um, my, you know, my bank account to be like filling up in my sleep. <laughs> I want the money just to roll in. That's not really what what I meant when I wrote that. What I meant was stop overcomplicating things, <laughs> which I'm quite guilty of doing that. Um, like this year, so la- like in 2020, I ran three successful courses. I ran Find Your Voice, I ran Inspire Write Repeat, and I ran Pitching for Freelance Writers, and moving into 2021 my brain was like right what courses are we going to run this year when actually I already had three courses outlined and I had the systems in place to just run them again so I'm trying to remind myself that this is a year might change next year but this year is a year for easy income so that means stop making things difficult for yourself work with the content you've already got polish it up refresh it relaunch it and do the stuff that you know that works because I don't necessarily think there's a benefit in like creating a whole new offering every time I want to sell something. I actually would quite like to just work on the stuff that I've got and, and kind of hone it and make it the best it can possibly be. Run it again, get feedback, keep doing that until it's the best it can possibly be. So so that's the three intentions that have really got me feeling good about my business, making creative space, becoming an established writer and creating easy income. And I find having those three things up on the wall stops me from getting distracted, which 
even if you're just side hustling right now, I can guarantee you're getting distracted because that was me. Like, I would come home from working in the cafe, open up my laptop and I'd have like three hours to work before it was like kind of downtime um, to have dinner and stuff. And I'd have a list of like, write two blog posts. And before I knew it, I was like watching a watching a YouTube tutorial about how to how to write your first ebook and how to um how to use affiliate income to make your first million. <laughs> I was so easily distracted. Whereas if I had just had a poster on the wall, a post-it note that said like your goal this year is to just write as many blog posts as possible, I would have possibly been more successful a bit quicker. But hey ho, we live and we learn. But that is the five things that have helped me fall in love with my business again. I really hope that it's kind of inspired you to maybe make some changes in your own business or if you're side hustling to maybe get a bit clearer on what you actually, what you want out of work as well as what you're delivering to clients, like what's going to make you enjoy your business because ultimately that's what's going to make the business sustainable in the long term. So that's all from me this week. Uh, if you are interested in join, joining the Inspire Right Repeat program, I'll leave the link in the show notes. Um, the doors open at the end of April and we start in May and we run from May, June to the end of July. So it's a three month program and we meet weekly to write together. So you'll get lots of, um, you get about 12 weeks of writing, which is really, really beneficial and people see a lot of benefit from that. So great for building a writing habit if you are even if you just want to get into journaling again, lots of the people that are on my current Inspire Write Repeat just use it to journal every week and they find it really helpful for their mental health as well as writers who want to maybe write a book or if you run a business and you want to start a newsletter, there's lots of, it's totally customisable basically, you can use the time to write about whatever you want. But I'll leave the link to that in the show notes and if you just want to learn about freelancing, remember you can pick up my book out of office, that's available on all good bookstores it's also available on kindle and on audible as well so thank you so much for listening uh, don't forget to rate and subscribe and i will see you next week bye